Hey, it's your tip of the week. Short and sweet parenting tips. Hey everybody, this is your short and sweet parenting tip number five called squashing sibling rivalry with a little bonus hint to discourage hitting, kicking, biting, etc. Competition among brothers and sisters seems inevitable, but this is a situation that I believe parents can greatly influence. I have some ideas I'd like to share, a couple that can start as soon as you bring little brother or sister home from the hospital. Someone gave me this advice when I brought my second baby home, and I think it is key to limiting resentment from older kids. When your baby is napping or sleeping and the older child or children are being normal loud, do not scold them to hush because the baby is sleeping. It also, as I'm saying this, occurs to me that this could be um, an encouragement to your older child to be loud on purpose just to get your attention, so just a side note. Instead, I would suggest you redirect their activities or move them away from where the baby is sleeping. Of course, if they're being unrealistically loud for indoors, certainly quiet them by telling them to use an inside voice. I will actually cover redirecting completely in the next episode, but try not to mention the sleeping baby at all while you quiet the older children. Also, when you have a baby at home, make sure you're giving your older children individual time. This takes a lot of intentionality, I know. You may have to reprioritize. If you need a nap, then of course take care of yourself. But laundry can wait, dishes can wait, people are more important, and your children should be at the top of that list. I think another trap for resentment between siblings is when one of them tries to parent the other. Either the older child bossing the younger one or vice versa. Sometimes when I hear the girls parenting one another, I ask if they want my job. I say something like, hey, you can be mom if you want. So you'll make dinner tonight. And actually, I think I have to clean all the toilets today. Yeah, that usually does the trick. But I don't believe this tendency ever goes away. So what I try to focus on even more is encouraging the girls to work together and look out for each other instead of trying to catch the other person doing something wrong. To be a team, stick together. Like if they see the other person making a mistake, I suggest they say something helpful like, hey, I think you might get into trouble if mom sees the bathroom floor wet. Another tactic to encourage this teamwork is to give them a chore or job responsibility where they have to work together. You may have to work your way up to something like this, but when I started having the girls clean their own bathroom together, I asked them to decide and agree on who does which job. I stayed out of it and they worked it out pretty fairly actually. The point is, I as the parent gave them both a job and they worked together. Between the two of them, they had some control over how they wanted things to work out. Good for teamwork, but also very empowering. I actually did a whole pre-launch episode on chores called There Is No I In Chore with a lot more on this subject, so you may want to check it out. Along those lines, if you are starting one kid doing jobs to help around the house, find a job for the younger kid. Otherwise, there may be a perception that one is expected to do work while the other isn't. Also, as far as schoolwork at home, especially if you're giving your kids summer work like discussed in my pre-launch episodes 10 and 11 on Summer Slide, you may want to give the younger child a color by number or other age-appropriate worksheet that they have to do also. The main point here is to help your older kid feel like they aren't getting a raw deal while their younger sibling is living the high life. Not helpful for good brother-sister relations. 
As far as fair goes, though, that's a whole nother question. It's impossible for things to be fair for children, especially when each is so unique. It's also tricky ground because kids equate fair to be equal. I love the definition of fairness by one of my daughter's previous schools. I'm paraphrasing here, but they said that fairness means every child gets what they need to be successful. In a school setting, that means that if one child is good at math, they don't need the same one-on-one tutoring that someone else might need. That would be equal, but it wouldn't make sense, so it isn't fair. That may help you explain the difference to your kids. And in specific cases, explain to your children why there is a need for things to be unequal. Like, one kid's feet just grew two sizes, so that's why they get a new pair of shoes. Or, one son is required to run around the neighborhood because he's doing baseball in the spring. So how about playing favorites? This is dangerous ground because there might be a child you mesh with better, but that should never cause any of the other children to wonder if they're your favorites. You can explain it any number of ways. If you are directly asked by a child about favorites, Dr. Sears suggests saying something like this. You were my firstborn, so you have a special place in my heart. Here's the analogy we use to explain it to our girls. Our family is like a fire. The more you put in the fire, the bigger it gets. Fire doesn't run out when you add to it. So the love in our family just gets bigger. It can't run out. As far as hitting and getting physical, we have a zero tolerance for physically hurting others. I'm sure there are a lot of approaches out there and I'd love to hear some of your ideas. Our consequence for hitting was pretty cut and dry and extremely effective. If you hit, kicked, or hurt the other person on purpose, you picked up the dog poo in the yard. This meant there were no other circumstances where the girls were asked to pick up the yard. Often, I gave them fair warning for this offense. But what if you don't have a dog? When we lost our dog a few years ago, I told the girls they could pick up the poo in our neighbor's yard. Actually, I think that was an even better deterrent. They were horrified that I was actually going to ask the neighbor if they could pick up their dog poo. Every kid is different though, but that did the trick for us. Some sibling rivalry situations actually stem from people outside of the immediate family, so these are particularly tricky. If you have a gangly child and a cute-as-pie baby, strangers will automatically be drawn to the baby. I've seen people blindly walk by my older daughter to come coddle my younger one. So try this. Once the person comments on the baby, point out what amazing big brothers or sisters your older children are. What a great mommy's helper they are. Usually this does the trick, but if the stranger doesn't cue in, at least your older child has gotten kudos from you. And after all, you are the most important person in their universe. The other hurdle can come from extended family members. It is so natural to compare your children. Who walked first? who's good at math, reading, writing, origami, whatever. Anyway, never, and I mean never, have these conversations in front of your children, regardless of whether you think they're too young to understand or they're busy playing or not paying attention. Please be proactive with your family members and have this conversation ahead of time in private. Let them know your intentions and the dangers of comparing. Don't be afraid to remind them gently and kindly, especially if grandparents don't see your kids that often. If you've already explained it to them once, they'll just need a little nudge to remember. They honestly probably forgot what you talked about four months earlier. 
I would guess that all of us have overheard comments like this when we were young. So I ask you, if you remember these, then you understand the sticking power of comparisons. So I think it goes without saying that you and your spouse should not be doing this either. You need to be conscious of the way you word things too. You might be making a comparison and you don't even realize it. This may be a little off topic, but I think it's worth mentioning in this context. If a child is having a bad day, it's very tempting for the other sibling to dig in or push their buttons. Bad days become much more regular around age 11. <clears throat> Just saying. Anyway, as soon as the non-grumpy kid starts poking their sibling, I catch them and ask them to give the other kid some space. If it's the older kid, I remind them how, when they're feeling sensitive, I ask the other child to give them space. Sensitive? That's the word I use. I don't label it as grumpy or difficult or nasty. Back to pushing buttons. If anyone has any tricks to discourage that, I'd love to have that discussion on the Short and Sweet Tips Facebook page. My only thought is to be sure to demonstrate that trait to your kids. This is a big part of positive discipline, which I covered thoroughly in episode three, so you may want to check it out. Even just yesterday, when one of my daughters was extremely discouraged, I teased her. Bad mom move, I know. I not only apologized to her, though, I apologized to the rest of the family because that was really insensitive and inappropriate of me as the mom. It is always good to tell your kids you're sorry when you've done something wrong. You are modeling how that works and what apologizing looks like. It doesn't matter if you're only partially to blame. I definitely want to do an episode on apologizing and other ways to preserve your children's dignity. I know that parents apologizing was a new concept to me. Woo, that was a packed episode. And I think there were some bonus ideas in there too. Thanks for listening to Short and Sweet Parenting Tips, fresh ideas in bite-sized portions. 